Anybody remember? Now, you guys weren't Branson. It's a whole long way from a week ago, so I don't expect you all to remember. Very good. We talked about Basha and how he was lumped in with Jeroboam and Ahab uh, when God pronounced the judgment against them that there would be no seed or heir of theirs ever left on the face of the earth. No mausoleum, no crypts, no remembrance of them except in the Bible. In fact, when we talk about the king of Israel, Jeroboam is almost never mentioned. He's not one of the kings we talk about, is he? Uh, Basha, never, ever mentioned. Nobody, I mean, myself included, never even paid attention to him before. Uh, Ahab is mentioned, but generally, Ahab is mentioned with somebody else. Ahab and Jezebel, Ahab and Elijah, Ahab and not Ahab by himself. So God has taken care of not to, give in the, not to give these guys too much prominence in his word without somebody else being associated with them. I don't know if that's a subconscious thing we do or not, uh, but it just reminds me of how nobody names their child Judas 2,000 years later after the cross, right? You don't hear of anybody named Judas, and very seldom do you name, see anybody named of, uh, Jesus. They call it Jesus, but not Jesus, you know? It's, it's just odd how that happens. So why were they to have no seed left? Anybody remember that? Why would these guys be wiped off the face of the earth? <clears throat> Not just being idolaters, but they are leading Israel into idolatry. God's people, they're taking them away from God. So even though they had good and bad examples all around them, you know, they had Jehoshaphat. Ahab was a contemporary of Jehoshaphat. Jeroboam was uh, under Solomon, so he knew of the temple and the good there. So he had the good examples. They just decided to follow the bad ones. Um, and then we also talked about how Basha, 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 whatever, fulfilled the judgment against Jeroboam's seed. And Zimri took out all of Basha's seed. So now we're going to get to Ahab and how he was wiped off the face of the earth. Because I'm telling you, when I read this stuff, especially this one, when I was reading this, it was just... You couldn't write a story, you couldn't write a book as interesting as this tale. So today we're going to look at Jehu, who was anointed king in Israel, and he's given a very specific set of instructions. One peculiarity I want you to see, though, is Basha, Zimri, Omri, and Ahab were not selected or anointed by the prophets of God. All of the kings were anointed, remember, with the oil on the head? None of those guys were anointed by God. Omri killed uh, Zimri for his treason in killing the king. Um, Basha and Zimri conspired against the rightful king. So it was a tumultuous period because all four of those guys were approximately king within 41 years. Span. Not 41 years each, but 41 years cumulatively. So in 41 years, they had let's see, one, two, four or five kings that were not selected by the prophets. God did not put them on the throne. I thought I found that very interesting. Um, so now we're going to get into the end of that time frame where those four or five kings who came to the throne uh, through violence, but this time Jehu is going to be anointed and God's going to Apply, uh, give him the kingship, but there's still going to be some violence. It's amazing. So, um, 2 Kings 9, chapter, uh, verse 5. 
prophet of God is coming up to Jehu, and he, 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 was given, he was told by Elisha to go and find Jehu, and he says, And when he came, behold, the captains of the host were sitting, and he said, I have an errand to thee, O captain. And Jehu said, Unto which of all of us? And he said, To thee, O captain. And he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. All right, so now he is given the, the, the directive. Um, the messenger of God is anointing Jehu. The first time this has happened in, like I said, 41 years. And again, that's an approximate. Uh, Jehu is sitting with the captains of the host. So that means all the commanders of the army are sitting around. The prophet approaches the group. And Jehu speaks up and says, who are you looking for? And the guy says, I'm looking for you. So they get up and they go in. Now, here's the interesting thing. Do you know why the anointing oil is put on the head? Anybody know why that is? I found this out this week. I mean, I knew it before, but it's one of those things. That just In the making of the anointing oil in Exodus 30, God says that his oil shall not be poured onto the flesh of man. I never knew that before. That's just an interesting little tidbit. God did not want his anointing oil, that is a specific uh, formula just for his oil, to be poured onto the flesh of man, so they poured it onto the head. I thought that was quite interesting. Never, never noticed that before. Anyway, so here's the message given to Jehu. And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the portion of Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. The prophet has run away. Then Jehu came forth to the servants of his Lord, and one said unto him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? And he said unto them, Ye know the man and his communication. All right. Now, this is very interesting, okay? First of all, this is the first time a queen has ever been denounced in the Bible. First time a queen has been denounced. It's always been the king, the king and his family. No, no. Jezebel is mentioned by name. She's going to be wiped off the face of the earth. Also very interesting. And why is that? We're going to get into it a little later, but I'm going to give you a little, little heads up here. Jezebel and Ahab married their daughter to the king of Judah. Quite interesting. They, they're, they're trying to. Anyway, so the prophet calls Jehu into the chamber, right? The prophet says to Jehu, you're going to go out and you're going to wipe all these things off. And then he does like Elijah told him and he runs out. So Jehu comes out and the guys that are sitting around say, what does this mad fellow say to them? Why are they calling him a mad fellow? And Jehu says, you know what he said. Well, they're calling him mad because these guys are all Ahab's men. They're su supposed to be followers of Baal. So the mad fellow, mad fellow, the prophet of God, 
is not taken seriously in the open. How many times in the Bible does that happen, that the prophet of God is taken serious but not out in the open? So, the directive he was given, and they called him a mad fellow, and Jehu says, he told me what these guys tell us. He preached to me. He denounced my sin. <laughs> blah, blah. That's, so that's what Jehu was saying here, that he said what these fellows normally say to me, and that's why they called him a mad fellow, because they can't take him seriously out in the open. Yet, the men believed him not. Because the prophet took Jehu specifically inside, by himself, no witnesses. If he was going to denounce the sin, prophets of God had no problem doing that in the open, did they? No. Okay, so let's go to 2 Kings 9, 12. The, the, the other captains of the host talking to Jehu, and they said, it is false, meaning what he just told them is false. Tell us now, and he said, Thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then they hasted and took every man his garment and put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew with trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. Now, when I first read this, I'm thinking, Jehu is king, and they're mocking him. That's my first, uh, my first interpretation when I read this. That's not the case at all. You go down a verse or two, and they went really fast from talking about the mad fellow to literally anointing Jehu king and falling in step. Because in the next verse or two, he's already off with half his army going after Ahab. The, the, the important thing that I caught from this after I realized they weren't mocking him, you know, because in the, in the service, that's what you do. Somebody comes to you, oh, I've been made something important. Now you haven't. Nah, not you. Right? That's what we do. We're human. No. So they went from believing, or from, uh, why did this mad fellow say to you, to, oh, you're king? All right, let's go. So either they did not like Ahab and his family. They did. They had great respect for Jehu. They did. Or they really, really just wanted a better kingdom. One of, I mean, those, those, all those things together... They fell right in line behind Jehu being anointed king. All right, so Jehaz has his, or Jehu has his directive. He has his army, and now he sets about getting it done. So Jehu is now going to conspire against the king whose name is Joram. Now, in other places, I saw it also as Jehoram. It's the same guy, Joram, Jehoram, okay? So if you read up and you come across this, Joram and Jehoram are the same guy. It's two different pronunciations. So Jehu is going after the king, and it's amazing how fast people act when God tells them what they want to hear, because they are sick of Ahab and Jezebel, and you'll see that in just a bit. The, the, the captains of the army are sick of Jezebel and Ahab. Once you lose the people behind you, you're done, right? All right, so 2 Kings 9, 14. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Jehoram, Joram. Now Joram had kept Ramoth Gilead and he and all Israel because of Hazel, king of Syria. But King Joram was returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him when he fought with Hazel, king of Syria. And Jehu said, If it be your minds, then let none go forth nor escape out of the city to go tell it in Jezreel. 
So he's already bottling people up so there's no messengers going out telling them what's about to happen. All right, so Jehu is saying, hey, if you guys are with me, you seal them up and I'll go do this. So Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, was come down to see Joram. And there stood a watchman on the tower in Jezreel, and he spied the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take an horseman, send to meet, and let him say, Is it peace? So Jehu has been anointed king. Everybody is now behind him and joined with him in the armies. And they're going. So he tells them all, nobody gets out. Nobody gets out. He takes him and his men, his company, and he's going to see Joram, the king, where the king is. So they send a messenger out. The king uh, is told that there's somebody coming, and he sends a messenger out. And the messenger goes out. And 918, so there went one on horseback to meet him. The messenger goes out on horseback to meet him and says, Thus saith the king, is it peace? And Jehu said, What hast thou to do with peace? There's no peace with Ahab and Jezebel. None. And the watchman told, saying, The messenger came to them, but he doesn't come back. He cometh not again. So the messenger went out. Jehu just says, is it peace? Can you have peace with those people? Uh-oh. So the messenger falls in line with the troop, and now he's riding with Jehu. He is just defected. Um, then he sent out a second on horseback, which came to them and said, Thus saith the king, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What hast thou to do with peace? Turn thee behind me. For a second time, the messenger goes out and defects and falls in line with Jehu and his men. And the watchman told, saying, He even came unto them and cometh not again. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he driveth furiously. Now, somebody walks in that back door, and I know them. I can tell you who they are by the walking. But I don't know that I could tell by a chariot <laughs> driving in the distance who it is because they don't say by his garb they don't say by his looks they don't say by the men follow him they say because he drives furiously this guy must have been a maniac in that chariot huh? that, that was just one of those things that caught me as interesting so Joram says make ready and his chariot was made ready and Joram king of Israel and Ahaziah king of Judah went out each in his chariot notice they didn't get in the same chariot each got in their own chariot, and they went out against Jehu and met him in the portion of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Remember Naboth. And it came to pass when Joram saw Jehu that he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, This is interesting. What peace? So long as the whoredoms of thy mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many. Jehu did not fall in line and kiss some kingly personage, did he? No. <laughs> he's been anointed king and he's fixing a problem. And he tells him, your mother and her whoredoms and her idolatry and her witchcraft, you're done. What would you do if you pulled up to somebody and they said that to you? I don't know. So Jehu is approaching an emissary and say is it peace Jehu tells the emissary to fall in they send a second emissary the emissary falls in again 
But you know, you know you're unpopular when your men defect right in front of you. They're out there in full view of everybody who can see what's going on because they've got the guy spying and this guy can see Jehu coming. He sees the messengers go out. He's not seeing. They're defecting right in front of you. You know you're unpopular. <laughs> That's just right then you'd, you'd think you'd start double thinking. So finally Joram goes to greet Jehu. Jehu calls him out for the atrocities of his mother. Again, no queen in the Bible has ever been so derided as Jezebel is in this chapter openly. You don't hear of and the queen or and Jezebel or any other queen associated with any other king except Jezebel. It's amazing. Uh, so the sins of the mother have caught up to him and apparently the army was sickened by Joram. <laughs> That's, again, not a good thing. And Jezebel. This also helps explain a little earlier when the prophet showed up and the army made fun, said, where's that mad fellow? But when they found out he was anointed king, they got behind him. The way he just spoke to her tells you the army, they didn't care for Jezebel and Ahab. They definitely didn't care for their son. <laughs> so that's why I said at first when I read it, I thought they were mocking him. But as you go down, you see, oh, maybe they weren't. Maybe they were actually falling in line because they fell in line. And they secured the area, so nobody got out. So uh, let's go on. Second uh, Kings nine twenty three. Joram turned his hands and fled, and said to Ahaziah, "There is treachery, O Ahaziah." And Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Jehoram. See Joram, Jehoram, same. Between his arms, and the arrow went out of his heart, and he sunk down in his chariot. That's a strong arrow shot. Then said Jehu to Bidkar, his captain. Remember I told you last week, Naboth was coming into play here, the guy who, was, who died because they wanted his vineyard. Take up and cast him in the portion of the field of Naboth the Jezreelite. For remember how that when I and thou, now this is very interesting, rode together after Ahab. So they rode Bidkar and Jehu with Ahab. Okay, The Lord laid this burden upon him. This burden, so they did not like what happened to Naboth. And they remembered. Tells you something about the people following King Ahab. Huh? They didn't care for him. So that's why it led me to believe that they, they were not making fun of him like I first thought. Because all of this is just showing they had utter contempt for the people in charge. So Joram feels the hatred and contempt and knows the jig is up when Jehu comes up and says, um, you and your mom, you're bad people. So he runs, but not nearly fast enough to outrun the arrow of Jehu. So Joram dies. Jehu bids his man to cast him in the fields of Naboth. And Jehu even mentions how the things done to Naboth bothered him. Yet there's another king mentioned here. Just as Jehoshaphat was around Ahab a bit too much. Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. Ahab was king of Israel. And again, remember, I get those mixed up a lot, so I'm trying to be very <laughs> slow and careful. And then um, Ahaziah is king of Judah, and Joram is king of Israel. And Ahaziah is with Joram at this point. Ahaziah's mother is Athaliah. Anybody ever heard of her? Yeah. Athaliah is Ahab and Jezebel's daughter. 
So when he goes out, because God pronounced judgment against Jezebel too. Not just Ahab's line. Because with Baasha and all those, they killed the king and the king's sons. But with Ahab and Jezebel, he's killing Ahab's kids and Jezebel's lineage. <laughs> this, he's wiping this entire thing off the face of the earth. That's how bad these people were. So, Jehu took out both kings for one reason within a very short amount of time. He was given a directive to get rid of Ahab, and he is going to do that, and he is going to do it diligently. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, now we're getting to where Jezebel comes involved personally, Jezebel heard of Jehu coming to Jezreel. Uh, she painted her face, tired her head, and looked out at a window. And as Jehu entered at the gate, she said, had Zimri peace who slew his master. So apparently, she has a little forewarning that her son's dead. He lifted up his face to the window and said, who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trod her underfoot. So she was thrown out, and he rode right over her. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, Go see now this cursed woman, and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palm of her hands. And wherefore they came again and told him, and he said, this is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field and the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. That's rather graphic for the Bible, isn't it? I mean, seriously, that's very, very graphic for the Bible. Jezebel was not loved by God at all. Ahab was not loved. In fact, they're going to be dumb. They're going to go through the dogs and come out in the waste process, and that's all that's ever going to remain of them. That's not a good time. I mean, seriously. I think I'm grateful that it only tells us a little bit about the acts of Jezebel and Ahab if this is how much God hated them. Seriously. So Jehu is taking care of business. He kills the kings. Uh, and again, if the, the names tongue tie me up, and so <laughs> if it's a couple different pronunciations, I'm sorry. So he kill, he t he kills Joram and Ahaziah, and then he goes to Jezreel for Jezebel. Now, Joram is also holed up in Jezreel, so it's really not that far of a thing. Jehu had men go around and seal off Jezreel so nobody can escape until he's ready for them to escape. So when, when, when Jezebel finds out, it's really not very far that she, uh, the message has to go to get to her. So she knows it's coming. So she, he, she says, is it all okay? He says, no. Then calls out for any loyal. The eunuchs, what are the eunuchs? Servants, right. Just like with um, Manasseh's son, the servants killed him. The servants tossed out Jezebel. The people serving were so sickened by these people, as soon as they found an opportunity to get rid of them, they did. That tells you more than 
anything about the character of these people that the very ones who see them day in, day out, every minute of every day, don't like them. So Jehu has had a very busy day, dusty from being in the chariot. I mean, have you ever rode in a, a, a wagon with a horse in front of you? That horse's hooves kick up dust, and, it's, and he's been riding in his, in his chariot furiously. The Bible says furiously. <laughs> I love the way the Bible plays things every now and then. So it's, you know he's, he needs something to drink and eat. So he goes in, he gets a bite, he refreshes himself, and then he says, go out and bury her. How long does it take to eat and have something to drink? Let's say an hour and a half, two hours, just to be generous, because, you know, they had to cook it, they had to find it. Let, let's say hour and a half, two hours, but being the king's, or Jezebel's house, the king's abode, I'm betting they had something on hand, so it's probably a lot less than that, but we're going to go two hours just to be generous, okay? Two hours' time, and there's nothing left of this woman. Two hours' time, nothing left of this woman. So just as Jeroboam and Basha, there's going to be no mausoleum, memorial, or crypt for Jezebel. So Jehu's done cleaning up the kingdom, isn't he? Nope. Oh, no. He goes even further. So we're going to skip ahead just a bit because I was, I was prepared to stop there, and then I kept on reading. Wow. This man, he really despised Ahab and Jezebel. Uh, 2 Kings 10, verse 11. Um, so Jehu slew all that remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel. All that remained of the house of Ahab. And all his great men, his kinfolks, his priests, until he left none remaining. His priests were priests of Baal. Okay, They were all idolaters, all of his priests. And Jehu, and he arose and departed and came to Samaria. And he was at the shearing house in the way. And Jehu met with the brothers, the brethren of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? They answered, We are the brethren of Ahaziah, and we go down to salute the children of the king and the children of the queen. So they're the brothers of Ahaziah, who was just killed by Jehu. Grandson to Jezebel, who was just killed by Jehu. And they, so they're going to go down and see these folks. You know, not really, <laughs> not really. And he said, Jehu says, take them alive. And they took them alive and they slew them at the pit of the shearing house. Even 42 men, neither left he any of them. Jehu is wiping this family out. Israel and Judah side, both. So he's killing Ahab's side in Israel and Jezebel's side in Judah. For Ahab was sick. Uh, or Ahab was slick and by marriage was trying to unite the two kingdoms. He had his daughter marry, so he's, he's trying to bring Judah in with Israel and take them down that path of idolatry. Uh, they worshiped Baal and not the Lord God of Israel, and God was tired of it. He said, enough. So he killed the brethren of Ahaziah, all the sons of Ahab and Joram, Ahaziah and Jezebel. That's a very busy week, but he did it all in the space of a day or two. A day or two. He's killing 60 people in a day or two. That's, he really did not like these people. Seriously. So 2 Kings 10, 15, when he's done with that, and when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he saluted and said to him, 
Is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. If it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up into the chariot. And he said, Come with me, and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he slew that all that remained unto Ahab in Samaria, till he had destroyed him, according to the saying of the Lord, which he spake to Elijah. So Jehu followed the word of God exactly, and removed all of the line of Ahab from the face of the earth. God gave him the kingdom and the rule, and Jehu did all that God asked of him in return. So Jehu gathered all the people together and said unto them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu shall serve him much. So God gave uh, Jehu the kingdom. He cleared out all the line of Ahab. And he goes and uh, picks up this guy, Jehonadab, and says, Come see my zeal for the Lord. Well, that's a little interesting because just a verse later he's saying, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu shall serve him much. That kind of threw me for a loop right there. Thankfully, I kept reading. So in 1019, Now therefore call unto me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, and all his priests. Let none be wanting, for I have a great sacrifice to do to Baal. Whosoever shall be wanting, he shall not live. That means if anything of Baal does not show up here, he's not going to live. Jehu did it in subtlety to the intent that he might destroy the worshipers of Baal. He's not just going to go clean out Ahab and Jezebel's line. He's cleaning out all of their theology. He is taking, getting Baal out of that country altogether. And Jehu said, proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal, and they proclaimed it. All the worshipers of Baal have to come to this on the threat of death. If you don't show up, you're dead. Jehu sent through all Israel, and all the worshipers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left that came not. And they came into the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was full from one end to the other. And he said unto him that was over the vestry, Bring forth vestments for all the worshipers of Baal, and he brought them forth. And Jehu went, and Jehonadab the son of Rechab, into the house of Baal, and said unto the worshipers of Baal, Search and look that there be here with you none of the servants of the Lord, but the worshipers of Baal only. You see what he's doing here? He's making sure that there's nobody in there lying who's actually following God, but they think that this is what Jehu wants. He's looking for people who actually worship and follow Baal. Okay. Now, there's a lot of scripture here, but it, it, to me this is extremely interesting stuff. It really is. Um, let's see. Okay, 1024. And when they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings, Jehu appointed fourscore men without, that's 80 men, and said, If any of the men whom I have brought into your hands, any of the worshippers of Baal, escape, he that letteth him go, his life shall be for the life. You let somebody get out and live, you're dead. Simple. That's a little closer. <laughs> um, and when they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings, Jehu appointed, oh, I've read that. 1025, I'm sorry. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of offering, the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, go in and slay them. Let none come forth. 
And they smote them with the edge of the sword, and the guard and the captains cast them out and went to the city of the house of Baal. And they brought forth the images out of the house of Baal and burned them. And they break down the image of Baal and break down the house of Baal and made it a draught house unto this day. Do you know what a draught house is? A restroom. They made it a restroom. He took out Ahab and Jezebel, the ones, the proponents of Baal. Took them out. Then he took out any worshiper of Baal. Then he took out any image of Baal. Then he burned absolutely anything connected with Baal. So Jehu's playing a little subterfuge to get all the prophets of Baal, all the people of Baal, all the worshipers of Baal into one place. And then he has them all destroyed. He has the temple destroyed, the image of Baal torn down. Jehu has utterly destroyed Jezebel, Ahab, and their little G God. Utterly destroyed. Out of the land. They must have really, really sickened. Jehu. I mean, I don't know. I know Baal. Um, Baal wasn't the God that demanded the, 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 the sacrifice, the, the child sacrifices. I think that was Molech. But I, I'm not sure exactly what Baal required the service. I, I haven't looked into it because I, if it sickened these people as much, I don't want to know, so I didn't look into it. But apparently, it wasn't good. All right, so... Jehu thoroughly destroyed all the idolatry and all the land of Israel. Notice I specifically said Israel. Because Jehu did not remove the golden calves. He did, uh, it says um, 1029. How be it? From the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes, getting rid of all the idolaters in Israel, and hast done, thou hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. That doesn't happen very often in, in the lineage of the kings of Israel that they sit there for four generations. In fact, I think it's only one or two that actually have that. So this is actually quite a reward he's getting. 1031, but Jehu, after all these rewards, took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. You think God doesn't care if people are leading his people astray? He does. In those days, the Lord began to cut Israel short, and Hazael smote them in all the coast of Israel. Hazael's king of Syria. From Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, and the Gadites, and the Reubenites, and the Manassites, from uh, Ar, I don't know, Ar, which is by the river Arnon, even Gilead and Bashan. Some of these I have read one time, one time only, and you never see those names again. So it's really difficult to get a rhythm with them. <laughs> all right. So now the rest of the acts of Jehu and all that he did and all his might, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Jehu slept with his fathers and they buried him in Samaria. And Jehoiaz, the, his son, reigned in his, sed, in his stead. And the, uh, the time that Jehu reigned over Israel and Samaria was 20 and 8 years. 
Jehu ruled 28 years. Yet, because he uh, did not remove the golden calves, his kingdom was torn apart a little at a time, snippets at a time, snippets, snippets, until it was cut short. We got to move that. That's <laughs> just a little too close. <laughs> now, and again, this is interesting because it says, and Jehu slept with his fathers. No mention anywhere of Jehu and his wife. But Jezebel was fully mentioned as she's going to be destroyed. That's, again, no queen ever has been specified like this, like Jezebel was. Now, there's one more coming up. You want to take a guess on who she is? Athaliah, because she's still alive and well. But that's a whole other story. So Jehu did that which God asked, but he did it out of his own self-interest. He did what God asked because it fit in with his agenda. That's interesting if you think about it. Because he didn't take out the golden calf, so he wasn't against idolatry. He wasn't all for the Lord. But he really hated Baal, Jezebel, and Ahab. He, as all those before, removed not the golden calves. So we started this with Jeroboam, Ahab. We included Basha. We found out who Basha was and why God wanted all three of these men and their lineage wiped off the face of the earth. Again, I find that very interesting because God had certain times has removed them said, I'm going to remove you. But these three, I'm removing you and any trace of you from off the face of this earth. I'm sorry, that just fascinates me that God can dislike somebody that much. That he can send a lying spirit down. Lying spirit says, hey, I'm going to lie. Okay, go. So <laughs> God says, yeah, please. Go take care of this guy. For I mean, this, man, that's just fascinating. The violence depicted here was interesting from the standpoint that I could not have made it up. I don't think you could make a movie this bad. I don't. Where they're, they're destroying entire families in two days. And I mean hundreds of people in two days. Not at war. They weren't at war. They just went and killed these people because God said get the Baal idolaters out. He hates idolatry. So Jehu did everything except the golden calves. Why is it? Now we are, we, we are, see Jeroboam, we're seven or eight from Jeroboam to Jehu, right? Seven or eight? I can't remember them all now. <laughs> but we're seven or eight kings. Why did those golden calves never get taken down? I even went and, and I did a search and I said, well, when did the golden calves finally get disposed of? You know what I found? I, I did a Google search. They actually found an imitation of those golden calves in an excavation in 1947, I want to say. They found an imitation of the golden calf in 1947 in an excavation. They never purged the golden calves from the land after Jeroboam. Isn't that interesting? They hated Baal, but not the golden calves. I, that, I'm, I'm saying that because I don't understand why they never took care of those. Anyway, the attraction of the golden calves, I, I don't get it. Especially, especially Jehu. The prophet of God came to him and said, this is what I want you to do. Okay, sure, I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to do, go do it. But I'm not listening to God on anything else. 
And then God gives him 28 years for doing everything he wanted. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 28 years, four generations for doing everything he wanted. But he didn't listen to God outside of doing what he wanted to do to accomplish in God's will. Did, did I phrase that right? Do you understand what I'm getting at there? He did what he wanted to do, and it just happened to merge with what God wanted him to do. I just found that interesting. So the, 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 the golden calves never got taken out. And as far as I could tell from Google, I never found uh, 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 a date that they were ever actually purged from the land. So as far as I know, it was a thing right up until yesterday, as far as I know. Okay? Now, I, I, I know they're buried somewhere. and They have to be excavated. It just, remember last week, we, we started this with learning from history. None of them learned from history. Isn't that odd? They all saw what was going on. They all saw the idolatry. They all saw the purging. They all heard the voice of the Lord saying, wipe them off the face of the earth, but they followed right in those steps and never cleaned. That's interesting. All right, so that's it. I'm just, this, this, you ever start reading a good book and you just can't stop? I had to stop because I, I was just going to keep on. I actually had to pull the stop too because this is just fascinating stuff. How you doing today? All right, so let's pray. Father, I thank you for the time and the word, Lord, and just the, 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 the fascination of the Bible, Lord, the, the, the accounting, the people, the, the work of the Lord. Father, it's just all so interesting. And I pray, Lord, you never, ever let us read over it and just go, eh. Father, your word is the living word, and I thank you for it. Bless us now as we go into the next hour. In Jesus' name, amen.